Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Welcome to The Jump. Presented by Michelin Wiper Blades. Today's opening tip, Jason Tatum backs it out, wipes his hands, and then buries the deep tray ball. Ooh. This is disrespectful, Fizz, right? I wouldn't say disrespectful. He was rolling. He had like 30 <laughs> points at that point. That is disrespectful. And, and when you Look get the him. switch, you got to back it up. Look at him. And you got to make that big, make a decision. Mm-hmm. He was rolling. Come mm-hmm. and get it. Yeah. Come and get it. You got to make mm-hmm. a decision, big fella. He's like, oh, I have some time. I'm just going <laughs> to do the stuff that I do. Yeah, that is Jason Tatum these days. He is that good. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols alongside. Look, it's our NBA senior writer, Zach Lowe. You're sitting over there today. I know. It's a new new, new Disorienting. That's because NBA head coach David Fisdale, both in New York and Memphis. It is nice to see you. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Coming up, we will talk about Steph Curry because he says he's coming back on Sunday. What should our expectations be for Steph when he is back on the court? Judging from these shots, um, a lot is 30? what you should be expecting. <laughs> 30? <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do, I, that, I, get nervous, dunk, yeah. I get nervous when he tries when he to tries dunk. he tries to dunk. Yeah. All right. First, let's talk about before. <laughs> there was a time travel quality to last night in the NBA. Here in L.A., we had Zion Williamson, so clearly part of the big future of the league, landing on the court at Staples Center to try to best LeBron James. While over in Toronto, the Raptors tried to reach into the past – back to a time when they had the upper hand on Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm going to cut to the chase here and tell you that neither of these gambits worked, but boy, it was a fun night. Starting from the moment that Drake walked into what my friend Zach Lowe here still calls the Air Canada Center. That's right, always. With two championship wrestling belts over his shoulders. Drake obviously had seen the Bucks beat up the Wizards mascot two nights ago, one of those wrestling skits they like to stage during pregame warm-ups. And before last night's game, he was caught on camera, first with the Raptors' own mascot, and then talking some trash. Save the Wizards, baby. Save the Wizards, baby. Now, personally, I'm not sure this ain't the Wizards should really be the bar for a defending champion, but hey, the Raptors did lead by as many as 12 points early before the Bucks simply stepped on the gas, showing off the true depth of their team. Giannis would later say that last year's Eastern Conference Finals were, quote, definitely on his mind all night. But as he has been showing over and over, the past is not the present. This year isn't last year. The defenses that once muted him often just no longer work to beat the Bucks. And I don't know, maybe frustration over that is driving some players to try increasingly weird things instead? Last night, we got Kyle Lowry trying to drive under George Hill's legs, which, spoiler alert, did not end well. Kyle, of course, not the only one to try this. J.J. Barea, he attempted it once. Also, didn't really work. Nate Robinson, though, he actually (laughs) pulled it off once in a G League game. You need the height difference is what you need. Kyle, you're only three inches shorter than George Hill, and apparently you're no Nate Robinson. Take that. I don't know. Meanwhile, across the continent, we had the first ever matchup between Zion and LeBron. And while we don't know for sure what's ahead for Zion, it sure felt like a living, breathing Venn diagram of what will eventually go down as two major NBA eras. This isn't something we always get. Remember, Michael Jordan played his last NBA game two months 
just two months before LeBron was drafted. So this felt special, and everyone in the building stepped up accordingly. Watch this sequence. Danny Green with the strip, Alex Caruso in transition, and then between the legs to LeBron, who dunks Josh Hart into Nevada. Seriously, majestic from the bald eagle. Not long after, Zion and Lonzo Ball showed off their own connection. Zion with just a Richter-scale dunk there. There was also this going for a rebound against Dwight Howard. Come on. Look at where both of their feet are on that. Whew. It seems almost impossible that Zion is only playing in his 13th NBA game. He was terrific. And he'd finished with 29 points. But it was not enough because LeBron was simply masterful, controlling the game from nearly every spot on the court. When he finally sat down with a season-high 40 points, treated himself to some red vines because, yes, they are better than Twizzlers, thank you, and he took a moment for some satisfaction. Look, Zion is indeed coming. But as we saw last night, this is still LeBron's league, and it is Giannis's league. And while both the future and the past may drop in for a visit now and then, These guys are firmly in control of the present. In the words of Drake himself, what a time to be alive. (laughs) Coach Fizz, how competitive do you think a Lakers-Pelicans series would be if last night turns indeed to be a preview of the first round in the West? I don't think very competitive. I think at their best, maybe a 4-2. Maybe. I think you're squeezing it out, but I see 4-1 or sweep. I don't think the Pelicans are there on that level yet to really push that team. Uh, They still have to build a lot of trust within them, and and that Laker team is so veteran, and those guys know exactly how to get it done in the playoffs. I can see that one being a quick one. Sweep? He's saying it could be a sweep. Are you going that far? I mean, of course it could be a sweep. The Lakers are awesome, and they have the two best players (laughs) in the series. But I actually am exactly in line with Fizz. I think it's a competitive series. I think I think it's 4-1, but all five games are pretty competitive. Maybe one Lakers blowout. And like him, if you told me it's 3-2 and the Lakers need game six, yes. like, I wouldn't be shocked. Yes, The Pelicans exactly. are good. I, I just think, look, and, and you've talked about on your podcast last night, this is a good team. And they were good, by the way, before Zion came back for those right. that month, right, of the season. And now they're feeling more complete. But but they do. Alan Gentry said to me last night, he said, we're just almost there. And I, I think that's what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, and just no experience. Yeah. I mean, literally, no playoff experience throughout that roster. Was it J.J. Reddick maybe is the main guy, favors with a little bit of playoff experience. You look at that Laker roster, those guys have all you know, play to the end. They've got multiple champions on that team. And so it's no knock on on the Pelicans from that standpoint. It's just right now it's not their time and they're running up against a juggernaut. I did ask Zion last night after the game, has J.J. reminded you lately what he said at the beginning of the season, that his playoff streak is on the line and it is Zion's responsibility to get him back there. Is it 15 years in a row? <laughs> I don't know. how It's there? a lot of years. I don't many? know if it's, it's however many years he's been in the league. So there yeah. you go. Zion said that he has indeed been reminded by J.J. That's going <laughs> to shock all of you who know J.J. Redick. I want to get back to the Bucks, who went into Toronto on a back-to-back after playing overtime in D.C. the night before right. and beat the second-place Raptors by double, double digits. So, Zach, what do you take away from that last night? They were down Milwaukee double digits in the second quarter, and I was watching that game thinking, you know what, second night of the back-to-back right. overtime. Toronto led by 12. Yeah, maybe you chalk this one up. It's, just, it's not our night. And for them to come roaring back in the third and go up 13 by the fourth quarter was really, really impressive. And I'll tell you, Giannis is great. He's going to be the MVP most likely. 
everyone on that team is playing well. You could argue literally every player on the team is better than they were last season. Like DiVincenzo last night, they couldn't keep him off the offensive glass. He's a guard. That was really impressive performance. That was a championship kind of performance. Yeah, and I think what you got out of that's what champions do. They don't lay down. Right. So throughout the game, they always feel like they have a chance to win the game. I still think, though, until we get Gasol back and get Toronto to full board, uh, we're not going to know how competitive that series can be because I tell you what, that Toronto team, when they're fully healthy, they are dangerous. They've yep. been sensational all season, but that what is, is what is the state of the league in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. You can be sensational, and the Bucks are just at another level right now. High, high level team. <laughs> there you go. Coming up, Zach Levine scored 41 points last night, but the Bulls lost by two. Does Levine have a right to be so visibly frustrated? I don't know if you can see under that little jump thing, but he was saying some nasty words. We will discuss that. First, though, it's time for our distant replay from this date in 2002. I keep saying it. We could have a Kobe Bryant distant replay for every day of the calendar. Here is 2002, February 26th. Look at that step through. Footwork, shoulder work. No weaknesses. Yep. He had everything. He had everything in the back. That is just beautiful. Smoking like hickory barbecue. On fire like mango habanero. Heating up like Louisiana rub. Butter like garlic parmesan. Um... What are you doing? I'm the senior flavor commentator. Aren't you supposed to be working on the next segment? I am working. He dunks it. The crowd goes atomic. They love the flavor. The Jump is presented by Michelin Silicone Wiper Blades. Designed for extreme performance and lasts two times longer. And in part by Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Los Angeles, home of the greatest franchise in sports, the L.A. Lakers, and the home of the greatest athlete in the world today, LeBron James, the king. Whenever you're ready. It's a make or miss league. Um, uh, oh. It's a make or miss league. Make. Miss. It's a make or miss league, baby. What it do, baby? Make. Hype. Check out this great between the legs pass. Alex Caruso to LeBron. We talked about this in the A's. Woo! Come on. So nice. Right so on. nice. We got to show it twice. Right on the money. Right? And then... However, we did not show this earlier. This is nice. The block on Lonzo Ball. Go on, Caruso. All right, so which is better, the block or the pass? I'm a pass guy. I think any time it takes two people to make a play work, right. I think that's a little more difficult. Go right. That's right. right. So I'm more about the pass. All right, what about you? I'm going block. That's a guard flying up there and getting that. And by the way, <laughs> he didn't block he, a center. He blocked another point guard. But Dwight, Dwight is there ahead of him in the paint, and Caruso's like, I don't care if my yeah. rim protecting center is there. I'm going and getting it. Zach, the bald eagle has to soar. That's yeah. what has to happen. That's True. guard on guard crime. I'm not wow. Block wow. Big jeans. <laughs> Get impressed, Fizz. It takes a lot. Check out Shaq's 13-year-old daughter nearly slam home a dunk on a 10-foot hoop. Oh, now I'm impressed. Come on. That's insane. How old is she? 
13. Oh, man. 13. I, was, I don't think I dunked until I was like 14 and a half, 15. So that's, I'm not, that's Zach not Hover, good for me. You I was going to say, I got to take it. That's not my dad, though. So I think I get a little past there. My dad isn't a seven. <laughs> that seems monster. like a, we, seems like a problem for women's basketball in the next we, few years. How we, awesome is that? <laughs> we have hoops here. And I think during the next break, we're going to have to see Zach dunk. Oh, yeah. But just tell me what kind of dunk you want. That's just what I think has to happen in the studio. You noticed she didn't ask me. Miss numbers. I respect you, Fizz. Uh, Watch CP3 shake all of these defenders and score. This is so much fun. Scout report. Scout report. CP is going to reject that screen every time, and then he gets that big man on the island, and it's over. No fun. Right? You know this going into the game. Absolutely. Especially to us, right? Oh, you're in big trouble. Mm. Dance. Dance. That mid-range. CP from the right elbow is as automatic as any jump shot in the history of basketball. So, again, you might know this. Scout report. Going into the game. Young team. Bulls Bulls and young team. Not so much. <laughs> well, I'll guarantee you, he ball. knows the scouting report on their defense. That's for damn sure. Is <laughs> that the truth? Let's talk a little more about the Bulls. Zach Levine scoring 41 last night. Chicago, though, still lost by two Ooh. to Chris Paul's Thunder. The Bulls have, in fact, lost nine of their last ten. The frustration does seem to be mounting for Zach Levine. Despite attempting 35 shots, Levine only took three free throws. And reportedly told officials, you can kind of read his lips here, I have 40 bleeping points is what he was yelling at them. Then he pulls up from 40 and buries it. That is the greatest retort of all time to do that. Um, but there were some people who thought he was yelling at Jim Boylan. He did seem to be yelling at the officials there. Here, though, this was Saturday, Bulls coach Jim Boylan calling a timeout with 30 seconds left. The Bulls were losing by 10 at this point, and cameras caught Zach saying, why would we call a bleeping Timeout, down 10. Um, Zach? Zach's just... Do you just, think yeah, Zach is frustrated? Fizz, <laughs> do you think Zach has reason to be frustrated? Where yeah, are we here? Zach, what you got? The timeouts are getting frustrating. I don't know. As a coach, like, it, it, it's almost... I want to ask him first, because you got to step up and defend coaches. <laughs> I almost, know what he was going to say. It's almost like, is he doing a bit? Like, why is he still... This is like, it's like an avant-garde is art project going on. Now... The thing that about Zach Levine is their, their entire starting front court is injured. People are forgetting this in all the Bulls sort of ridicule. Otto Porter, Laurie Markin, and Wendell Carter Jr. all injured. Like it's just going to be hard for any team to be any good with that with that happening. No doubt about it. So I why do coaches do this? Because you may want to work on something uh, situational that may help you later on. And coaches are the only ones that like this situation. <laughs> the fans don't like it. The players don't like it. But I also understand where Coach Boyle is coming from. He's looking at it saying, okay, let's see if we can run a situation from the side out of bounds that gets us a quick three. Maybe we foul, stretch the game out. And you just try to build in an in-game situation to help your team maybe down the line. But and, You know, it's frustrating for these kids. But you know, as someone who's really good at sort of reading the room and keeping the mood, like when you're starting – to sense that your players are getting embarrassed or annoyed by this, like they're like you, there comes. Let's take a break from it. Like let's like hold off on it for a while. And like this is this is not a new thing. This has been simmering for six weeks now. And it's like let's ease up. Look, man, they're they're not a good basketball team overall from a record standpoint. So I don't think they can have any type of ego or luxuries about how the coach is trying to make them a better well, team. I don't. I mean, to Zach's point, they've had a bunch of guys injured. So the guys who are still out there, I think, Gotta are carrying a really heavy load. And Jim Boylan did say to the yeah. media in Chicago, very similar to you, he said, I had, in that case, he said he had a three-point play. He wanted to work on that sort of thing. 
But there's been a lot, right? And I just have two of them, and there's been more of this just in the last month or two. Just in the last few weeks, he had a coach's challenge with 40 seconds left in a game that they were down nine. Mm-hmm. I-, I get it, but you're not winning that game, and I don't know what the coach's challenge is for. They were down 12 with 42 seconds remaining in a game, and he calls a timeout. And it does just seem to be wearing on the players. Are they even learning anything? Are they doing the thing you want them to do? What is Jim Boylan's job? Jim Boylan's job is to constantly try to help that team improve, regardless of people's frustrations and egos and attitudes. They're very well paid. They can go through a couple of timeouts late to try to improve on I can't get what a coach they're doing. To stop defending coaches. Look, I, I get it. I, I, I was bred. That's just what you're bred to do is to always try to look at every scenario and but make your team better. But is it getting guys better. better if they've turned you off? I don't know how, if they've turned them off. Right. In that situation. That's I don't mean question. overall yeah. in the world or in, in, in the, the scope of this team, but in those 42 seconds or whatever it is. You know, you're going to you have people on each side of the yeah. argument say whether it's, it's well, good or bad. Well, that's why we have But here, as a coach, coach them, Coach Boylan, coach them. I just again, I just think it's important to remember. And the big, the Bulls are becoming like this circus. Everyone is making fun of for good reason. Like with those kind of injuries, they just don't have a chance to be good. Yeah. No matter timeouts, no timeouts, move to the locker room, whatever. They just they don't have enough talent to win a lot of games right now. The, all the other stuff is real and it's important to talk about. But like, just remember who they're playing right now. That's fair. And by the way, to clarify, our reporter Eric Woodyard has an update for you. In regards to last night's viral video, Zach Levine just confirmed to me he wasn't talking to Bills coach Jim Boylan or the officials. He was talking trash with OKC's Dennis Schroeder. Between players, when guys are talking, you talk some smack, right? And that's all it was. So not going at the officials for not giving him three throws, not going at his coach. The stuff on Saturday. He was letting them know he had 40. There you go. (laughs) Now all of you know. Coming up, we're going to talk about Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta. He admitted that his team feared the Warriors of yesteryear, but they are not scared of the Lakers or Clippers. We'll put that through the BS or real talk test. Stick around to find out. The ball deserves to go on the crowd after a bull move like that. I think it's bull. I just thought it was uh, bull. Don't give me that crap. That's right, boys and girls, it's time for BS or Real Talk, America's favorite game. <laughs> it is America's favorite game, don't you feel? I love it. Absolutely awesome. The nation is screaming for this. <laughs> they are also screaming for Amin Al-Hassan. Hey! Go. <laughs> First up, we're going to take a page from Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta. Good newspaper, the Austin American Statesman, asked if his team was scared of the Warriors in past seasons. You know what he said? He said yes. Ah! Then oh. added... None of us fear L.A., Mm. the Lakers, or the Clippers, or Denver like we feared Golden State. It's not like how we were scared of them. All right, guys, is this BS or Real Talk? Everyone put your signs up. Ooh. All right, well, Fizz, you're the outlier, so you go first. I think it's BS because you don't want your owner speaking on your behalf if (laughs) you're scared or not scared of another team. I guarantee you Coach D'Antoni and James Harden would definitely disagree with his assessment of their fear level of the Golden State Warriors. Now, is he not scared of the Lakers or the Clippers? He's probably crazy for not being afraid of those guys because those teams are as potent uh, as some of those Warrior teams. I, I agree with you in this sense. The first thing I thought of when I read those comments was, well, I'm sure all the Rockets players were thrilled to hear how scared oh. they were of the Warriors. But I'm going this because I, I'm sure he believes everything he's saying, and admitting that your team had a sort of mental block is, is pretty honest. But 
about the L.A. teams and Denver, just maybe don't say that one publicly. You know, talking big in February. Eh. So you remember, first of all, the irony of the statement is that two years ago, Daryl Morey said, we're not scared of the, the war. Right. That's that. what I'm saying. Right. And, and at the time, I said, it's all right for the players and even the coaching staff to have that attitude because they're the ones who are going into battle yeah. against these guys. But I thought it was poor taste for Daryl Morey to say that because he don't have to go out there and compete. Yes, he's putting the team together, but at the end of the day, general manager is a long-term kind of view mm-hmm. job. Day-to-day is head coach and players. I kind of actually give it to Daryl in this situation only because if we take ourselves back to that time, Golden State was so dominant. You had right. so many front office guys saying, you know what, we're going to plan for two years from now. We are not going to go at them this year sure. or the next year. We're going to give it about a three-year window is what we're going to target toward. Toward And Houston was really the only sure, team that right. started loading up to say, no, 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 we are going at them right now. But that's not his place to, to do the tough talk. I, that's I do like, agree with that. My, my brother's going to kick your, you know, uh, no, 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 don't put me in that. Let, let him be the one that talks to Trey. No, I wanted my brother talking all of that. <laughs> you want your little Bro, brother? I hope you're watching this. I hope my big brother's watching this. He, yeah, used to, he used to throw me into the fight. Like, <laughs> it was like, no, my brother's not afraid of anybody. And they had the Warriors on the, ro- on, on the ropes until Chris Paul pulled his hamstring. So I disagree with that whole fear factor stuff. All right, let's get to the Hawks-Mavs game because at the end of this one on Saturday, an inadvertent whistle allowed John Collins to get an easy bucket at the rim to increase Atlanta's lead. They were only winning by two, then by four. The referees originally called goaltending. I'm not sure if that was just a trigger or review after what happened a couple weeks ago, but after they went to review the play, they overturned the call, saying it was not a goaltend, but they counted the bucket because of continuation rules. Mark Cuban then took to Twitter, writing, quote, So they call a goaltend. They literally blew the whistle that it was a goaltend. There was a putback after the whistle. After review, they said no goaltend, but they count the basket? WTF is that. What's that stand for? Spell that out for the rest of you. Um, that's, Whiskey Tango Fox. That's NBA officiating, he says. Woj reporting the league is reviewing Cuban's comments. All right, so is Cuban's tweet BS or real talk, gentlemen? Oh, man. Sorry, Monty. Wow. Sorry, sorry, Monty. Sorry, wow. Joey. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. That's real man. talk. Yeah? Yeah, you, you're taught your whole life when the whistle blows, the play stops. Oh. And so for them to be able to get a basket while everybody else is in that mode of stopping and for them to grant them two points on that, that's a, that's a tough one. This reminds me of the James Harden basket that didn't count, even though it went in the basket. And that, like, well, replay rule subsection 2 says this triggers that, but subsection 4A says we can't go back. The, the basket shouldn't count. Yes. Why can't we have someone whose job it is is just to implement common, common sense? sense like, guard. the play was dead. It's not a goaltend. The basket shouldn't count. No. Why is this so complicated? Like, James Harden, he scored a basket. Put two points on the board. I don't care what subsection 2B says. It's not that complicated. Well, the interesting thing, these are two different situations when you look at that poor Portland one, sure. where it was a goaltender and they didn't call it and they should have blown a whistle. In this case, it wasn't a goaltender. They blew a whistle, but like Coach said, wh- why is it? Oh, it's an inadvertent whistle. My bad. Play continues. What, in what right. world do we do that? So the yeah. idea that an inadvertent whistle could, the play could happen this, afterward that will count is ridiculous. This is completely unscientific. I believe, I would like someone to look this up, 
that the number of goaltending calls has spiked since that Portland game. Because the reason they couldn't examine it in the Portland game is that you can't trigger a replay sure. from something that didn't happen. Sure. Right? That's subsection see, see, But see how you're talking right? about like, no, like no, What does no. that even mean? No, look, I get that. That larger thing of we can't trigger a replay for something that didn't happen, right. of a negative. You can't yeah. do that, right? So I get that. So I think their fix has been, like, if you think it's even possible – Call it, that's right. and yeah, that we'll way see. we Which can trigger the and replays and get it right. Yeah. But, but then you have to say, "Hey, we called it. It's no basket." Yeah, you right? can't. Oh, the whistle is blown. Yeah. It's over. That's dead it. Play. That's a dead, dead play. play. There you go. Um, we'll see if Mark Cuban is fine. My guess is he is. I want to revisit the Bucks Raptors <laughs> game again from last night because the beef between Drake and Giannis reached new heights. At one point in the game, cameras caught Giannis telling Drake, "We think to shut the front door." I believe that is what he said. And after the game, there was this exchange with Giannis when he was asked about all the attention Drake was giving him. I asked Drake if he was bringing the belts to troll you, and he said, obviously, he was. Oh, that's good. I'm, he cares about me. I, I really don't. So I'm just here to win games and um, help my team. With, you know, help my team win. That's that's all. He thinks about me. I don't. That's amazing. BS or real talk? Real talk. Giannis don't BS. Yeah. Giannis is coming. Giannis got one thing on his mind. That's winning the title. Yep. And to him, Drake is just a fan over there making noise. Giannis is really focused on one thing. Why did he have two belts, by the way? I think he had three. Somehow there's a lot of belts. There's a lot of belts. The continental belt, the tag team belt. This is, of course, this is as real as any of the real talk you've ever had. Giannis has spent zero seconds thinking about Drake the entire season until he got asked that question. No seconds. Not one thing. (laughs) First of all, shout out to Giannis for being a Dreamville fan. We we respect you and salute you, sir. But the other part also is... um, I like that Drake does this. Yeah. I, he brings an attention and an yes. audience to our games that would otherwise not really care about basketball. And so he does it in good fun. He doesn't cross any lines. Most I'm cool with most. I mean, even when he was massaging Nick Nurse's shoulders, it was fun. And he does it. And he does it for his team and his city, yeah. which is like a totally like, undercovered yeah. team until yeah. until this I all started. I agree with all of that. Yeah. I think that maybe in doing the service for all of us as NBA fans, Drake might want to pick his battles a little differently. That's all. Ah, because no, when he no, goes with Kendrick no, the Perkins fun it, on the, the sideline, I'm thinking. That's the wrong guy yeah, to start talking trash That's the fun of it, though. When he that's goes to Giannis, I'm like, that's the wrong but, guy, But, Rachel, Drake. is there a right guy for Drake to talk trash to? I just think you want to go straight Ooh. at your... You Frank don't want to punch down. You don't want to punch down, but you don't... Punching up is not always <laughs> Remember so what smart. happened when Spike was talking that mess to Reggie? Oh, right, man. exactly. It's, you don't want to light that fire. It does not always go well, oh. and I feel like the guys he's been picking lately... He, he might want to make some different choices. That's- <laughs> oh, it's all fun. No, it's fun. I like it. Go for, go for the top. I like it. I think it makes the game fun. Amazing. Zach, uh, that is your walk-off line. This is the realist of real talk. He has given zero thoughts zero about Zero seconds. Drake. Zero you, you know what. Thank you so much for joining us today and this week. We will see you soon. Coming up, which team should we trust more in the postseason, the Rockets or the Celtics? Ooh, like Remember, that. they face off Saturday night on ABC. Stick around to see what these guys think. This is a good question because which playoffs, which side of the conference are they going to? Here's what the jump recommends for today as well. Tim McMahon writing about the Utah Jazz. They were the hottest team in the league a couple months ago. And they played those bad teams, right? So remember they that? Now mm-hmm. searching for an identity. That is on the ESPN app. Jason Tatum. Look at me, look at me.
came to see a show. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so our next NBA Saturday yeah. primetime game. The Rockets head out to Boston to face the Celtics. This is going to be a Small good ball. one. Our coverage tips with a jump. We are your pregame show on ABC. You can catch us at 8 o'clock Eastern. All right, so Kemba Walker, doubtful to play tonight in Salt Lake City versus the Jazz. We don't know what his status is going to be yet for Saturday night. But, Fizz, he's missed the last three games since they drained his knee after the All-Star break. Now, he did play in the All-Star game. Um, are you concerned? Any long-term worries here? No, I, I think he's going to be fine. I think they'll rest him enough to where he'll get his legs back underneath him. But I think over the long term, their success will, will greatly depend on Kimball Walker and his getting health right. and, and getting right. Because uh, if he is right, that's a dangerous team in the East. Yeah, I think this is the time to play it safe and, and mm-hmm. you know, be cautious and make sure that he's ready for April, May, and hopefully June. I would say if I'm Kimball Walker, though, I'm definitely getting a second opinion just in case because remember what happened with Isaiah Thomas. That's something that follows you as a front office. When you have a stain like that on your record as far as a player playing through pain, through injury, that's something as players he needs to be an advocate for himself and make sure that everything's all right. Yeah, I mean, frankly, when they said he got his knee drained, I'm – I'm not a doctor, but yeah, I love that it, it it didn't speak to me as some major injury, right? right. That's not usually that's pretty common, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised to see him still doubtful for tonight's game. Hopefully, he will be back for Saturday. Man, the Celtics almost beat the Lakers without him. That was such a cla- instant classic game the other day. Um, they're they're the, Celtics really are, the Celtics are deep. I think yeah. we, you know, let's not forget they might be one of the deepest talent teams. Yep. In the league, when you talk about Marcus Smart, you got uh, Hayward, you got Tatum, you got Brown. I mean, these guys, they got players. Yep. And so uh, if Kimba is down or if he ever got into foul trouble, uh, they've got a lot of luxury over there to go to some different guys to keep them afloat. All right, well, let's talk about the flip side of that because the last time the Rockets faced the Celtics, the Rockets were victorious behind a combined 78 points from James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So remember, this was sort of one of the first two or three games right. of their mm-hmm. small ball, or as I keep reading from people down in Houston, micro ball. Um, <laughs> uh, and they came out and they won. Uh, who do you trust more in a playoff situation, though? Because, again, you'd have a team and an opponent that could prep for this and drill right. its guys on their right. style. Also, you have the East and the West are a little bit different. So who do you trust more in the playoffs, the Rockets or the Celtics? I think the Celtics, just because of what I talked about before, the, the depth. The diversity. Yeah, they, they, got, they got multiple guys that can kill you. And I think that with Houston, if you wipe out one of those guys – you got a, a pretty good chance of beating them. And so. Yeah, two MVPs though. Yeah, one of those guys can definitely beat you, but I just feel like it's spread around more with the Celtics and that they can get you in a lot of different ways and a lot of different styles. It's not just small ball for them. They can yep. go bigger. Yep. Um, they can go, you know, if they really want to go small, they could throw Brown at the five and put their best yep. five players on the floor. And that's scary. So I think I trust the Celtics a lot more in the playoffs. The, the, what Coach is talking about, the flexibility, the versatility. They play small, but they can play big if yes, they want. They and even guys like Grant Williams, he's not a big guy, but he plays big. Daniel Tice is not a, a seven-footer, but he plays big. Yeah. They can do that if need be. I don't know. The Rockets have gone all in on their playing this style. And if it doesn't work, they really don't have a, a counter to go to. The other thing is, look, let's be honest about this. The Rockets have guys who have a reputation in the recent playoffs of not playing their best. 
The Celtics are the opposite. They have a bunch of guys who have a reputation of playing better in the postseason. Yes. And then finally, we'll be honest, the Western Conference is tougher. It's, it's going to be there, harder earlier. There's more size to deal with there mm-hmm. when you talk about Denver, when you talk about Utah, when you talk about L.A., the Lakers. That's actual size they got to deal with. Whereas in the East, you're really talking about who? The Sixers, who, are, who really don't have their act In together. terms of size, right. right. Although Giannis yes. is, is tall. Sure, it's sure. Just saying. And look, I am interested to see this clash of styles on Saturday because there were a lot of people who thought that going into that last game the two of them played, like, oh, the Celtics will be fine playing with them. They kind of play small a lot of the time anyway. Right. And it, they did look disoriented some of the time. So I'm very curious to see Brad Stevens the way he game plans now that he's already seen this matchup against his personnel. I also think, and we've had this at different times on the show, um, prayer candles for certain guys in their health. And I would like to officially request from producer Danny, can we get a PJ Tucker prayer candle? Oh, because, man, man PJ, this, healthy, this man. style from the Rockets, I think is very fun to watch, yes. but it all rotates around PJ Tucker taking the beating that he is taking night after night. So I just want, we just want a little PJ Tucker prayer candle and we'll just light it every day to keep him healthy. And to be able Why is to Danny the one that's got to get <laughs> continue? Up next, we're going to talk about the Clippers. Are they finally about to turn the corner? We will discuss after this break. First, though, it's time for our second distant replay of the day. This one from this date in 1995. Oh. Producer Danny's line was, Ooh. I don't know anything besides this Pennyway Hardaway, Penny Hardaway. And I don't need to know anything else, oh. said Producer Danny. Gotta buzzer love, beater. Gotta love Penny. Steal right? and the buzzer beating dunk. Put that in the microwave. 1994. Look at Scotty. Look at Scotty. <laughs> oh. Scotty like, hell no. Bring on the Knicks. That's how you know this is old. Someone actually said, bring on the Knicks like it's a, a big test. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Our NBA Sunday special features oh. LeBron AD and the Lakers taking on Zion and the Pelicans. The rematch. We're getting yes. it already. Our coverage tips with NBA Countdown. 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. All right, crunch time here on The Jump. The Bulls' Kobe White. Wow, man. Wow. wow. That's love, man. He has scored at least 30 points in three straight games off the bench after going for 35 versus the Thunder last night. He's the first rookie, third player overall with such a streak off the bench. Wow, man. I mean, what do you credit for his breakout? Well, first of all, let's point out also he's the first Bulls rookie to go three for 30 since Michael Jordan. So that's a great honor for him to have. Right. Yeah, he, I, I like this game as uh, coming out of Carolina. Scoring is is his thing. Yep. It's developing the other parts of his game that he's got to work on. I, I'm not joking around about that thing that he said at the draft. He's a great kid. He's oh, legit absolutely. He's so invested fun. in his teammates. He is legit invested in seeing other people be happy. He is someone you want in an NBA locker room. But he didn't know who Destiny Child was, so. I mean, look, no good. one's perfect. No, no one's perfect, this. <laughs> no, but I really like that kid. Sue Bird is going to return for a 19th season. Oh, Shout out to Sue Bird. Where does the time go? Where does the time WNBA's all-time assist later, leader. She has re-signed with the Storm. I mean, what has she meant to women's hoops? I think she's at the pinnacle of, of all greatness when you talk about women's basketball. Uh, she's been an incredible ambassador. She's been a great, uh, just a person that, that young women can look up to and, and really aspire to become. And she's first class in, in all ways. And I'm just happy to see her still running around out there. Long time ago, I was a video coordinator for the world champion, Phoenix Mercury. <laughs> a lot of game nights doing game tape on yes, her. Yes, that's what's great. Right, player. right? Quality, quality player, even better person. 
represents the league so well. And also a front office uh, aficionado. She's been working in Denver's front office, just really expanding what the role can be. All right, recent reports have linked free agent Deion Waiters with the Lakers as they look to bolster their bench for the playoffs. Our Brian Windhorst reporting the Lakers will put him through an intense workout soon. You heard TNT talking about it last night. So, Fizz, would Waiters work for LeBron and company? Absolutely. I think he's a good fit because they need a guy that can go get his own shot, Mm -hmm. especially when teams start switching in the playoffs and no one's giving you a trigger. He can go get his own basket and he can create action for other people. Also, you got to tell me who's a better option that's available for him. Okay, but... One option can be not signing anyone. So it's not necessarily they, they need, the A or they, B. They need, but they need help. They need what Fizz just And there is now. a reason, Fizz, that your former franchise, the Heat, decided that they were ready to move on from him. Do you have any worries at all? I'm not saying that you should right. have worries, but do you have worries about it? You always have some, some, some reservations, but I think if you're really going for it, I think you gotta trust your leadership guys. Alright. Talk about the Sixers. Woj reporting that Ben Simmons will miss at least two weeks with a nerve impingement in his lower back. We watched him in Milwaukee the other night suffer this injury, and he told me right before the game, he's like, man, my back still hurts. Sure enough, first quarter, he goes out. Coach, how concerning is this type of injury? You never like back injuries, uh, but this is a young, strong kid. I think he'll be back uh, rather quickly, and hopefully they can get it all together. Yeah. Jeff Stotts at in Street Clothes on Twitter. He's one of the foremost people when it comes to yeah, he's great at this training stuff. stuff. The nature of the impingement is really big. Is it because of a disc? Is it because of a bone? Why is he having this nerve impingement? So I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks. All right. Let's go for some bad injury news to good injury news. Steph Curry says he's coming back on Sunday when the Warriors host the Wizards. Like riding a bike, huh? Boom. We haven't seen Steph play since October 30th when he broke his off hand. Remember, he had surgery. Then he had surgery to take out some of the metal they put in, which was planned, by the way. It wasn't a mistake, but that was a second surgery. Then he had to recover from that. What do you expect from him the rest of the season? A lot of points, a lot of threes. He could save all of that dunking no stuff, yeah. stay on the ground stuff. But I think it's great because it's going to give him an opportunity to play with Wiggins yes. and get that connection going and starting to really uh, lead Wiggins and make him understand what championship habits are all about. And as you guys know, playing with Steph Curry is a different experience sure. because you always got to be moving yes. and you always have to maintain spacing. And so Wiggins is going to have to start to get accustomed to that now. That way next year when everyone's healthy, it's not learning on the fly. He's already got a couple of of months of basketball under his belt. Okay, but when you talk about that and talk about the way you have to play with Steph, and of course you're absolutely right, that is not something that we would associate in the past with what Andrew Wiggins has done. He has not been high motor, Mm -hmm. as we say, right? right? So what do you think as a coach? How does Steve Kerr sort of integrate Wiggins once Steph comes back with saying, hey, this is what you got to do. So it's well, now you got, you're going to have actual game footage to coach him on mm-hmm. and show him, okay, here's an opportunity for you to cut when they're all focused on Steph. Mm-hmm. Or right. here's an opportunity for you to get an open shot or easy basket because everybody's focused on Steph. And by the end of this year, he will have built some habits up and have been coached enough so that going into next year, he already has some footing. Right, you, you got there's some familiarity with what they're talking about Absolutely. as opposed to learning off, you know, from the jump. The other thing is, it's really interesting. You go in the locker room. We were there for his first game. Yeah. His seat is right in the middle between Draymond Green on one side and Steph Curry on the oh, other. They're taking no chances, right? But, that, but the two different types of mentorship and leadership, yes. right? One's gonna really, kick Draymond you, and Steph are different. One's gonna <laughs> kick you in the butt. The other one's gonna pat you on the back. I right. won't say which one is which. Right. But they know he's important. Yes. And so you can already see they're corralling him and starting to get him to understand this is what we're gonna need from you if we're gonna have any chance. All right. Still, th- still think they should have got more for him. What do y'all want to say to the Warriors fans who are worried that Steph coming back will ruin their draft position? 
What? what? Have you seen this team? They got a guy named Smiley out there playing. That, trust me, it's fine. You guys are going to be. Part of it is they're going to be bad enough as is. Part of it also is, remember, it's not like the days of old where, oh, I don't have as many ping pong balls because right. I won that one extra game. Now right. you're in the bottom three. They all have the same number of ping pong balls. Take it from me. I, I lost the most games, yes. and we ended up with you the third not. pick. RJ, I love you, though. I'm glad we got you. But you, losing all of those games doesn't necessarily guarantee you a position to get the number one pick. So I think the chemistry is more important for them. I also really like RJ. I also think that if you had gotten number one in Zion Williamson, you would not be sitting here with me right now. <laughs> Probably not. These are just things in the way they Well, he go. was hurt. That's true. That's <laughs> a, you never know. I still may be here anyway. Right? <laughs> Let's go to our elite fast game of the night. Clippers versus Suns. 9 o'clock Eastern. The Clippers have lost three out of four, but they beat the brakes off the Grizzlies two nights ago. It was only the fifth game this season where they had their entire roster available. So you could look at this one of two ways. I mean, you could say, look, they're healthy. We saw what they can do with their healthy. They're going to turn the corner. They're going to have that team chemistry we haven't seen yet this season. They're going to be this force in the playoffs. Or you could say, hey, it's only the fifth time all season they've had their full roster. The likelihood of that happening through the rest of the until the end of the playoffs is not high. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, I think I think that's p- part of it is the full roster part. Obviously, that's when they play together. The numbers are awesome. The other part of it is they have some new pieces coming in. Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson. Both of those guys are coming from situations where they were featured players, right? right. Marcus Morris led his team in, in shots and touches. Sure. Reggie Jackson been a starting point guard for the last four or five years in Detroit. Now he's coming here. You got to figure out how to be. Potent like you guys were in your old roles, but in smaller dosage. Yes. And that's an adjustment. And so this is a good opportunity for them to figure those things out. Yeah, I mean, I you think, coach Marcus Morris in New York. That was a huge addition. Right? I mean, yeah, Marcus Morris is a versatile defender. He can score in different ways for you. Reggie Jackson, obviously, is a guy that can go get you baskets in a lot of different ways. Very different than Patrick Beverly. And so I think Doc has good problems. Yeah. And I, think, I, I do think you're going to see their whole team playing more as you move closer to the playoffs. All right, so do you think they're going to pick up momentum toward the end of the season? Here? Yes, absolutely. I do think so. Yes, all right, there we go. All right, this just in. At the buzzer, Joel Embiid has been fined <laughs> 25 grand for making no, a scene no. gesture near the end of the Sixers win on Monday over the Hawks using profane language during a TV interview after it. Yeah. Now, he did apologize. <laughs> It's sad when he did it. He, that's what he cussed when he apologized. He did, I know. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, gotta kind of like, you can't keep digging more, but you know, it's. Is it I'm, worth the price? Is it for Joel, who has talked recently? Look, I sat down with him, an all-star, and one of his big points was, he's like, everyone kept telling me I'm immature when I'm making gesturing and talking trash yeah. and doing all that. And then when I stop doing that, they say, oh, you don't have enough passion. So I would think, he thinks it's worth it? I don't know. He's got to be himself. Stop worrying about what other people are saying about him and just go out and play and try to figure out. The most important thing he needs to figure out is how him and Ben Simmons are going to work out. Forget well, everybody else's Ben Simmons got to get back on the court. Yeah. I like them I like them with Al Horford coming off the bench. I don't know. Well, he's back now. Him and Shake Milton starting. <laughs> we'll see. That's it for today. Thanks hey. to these guys. We will see you tomorrow. Hi, high noon.